Welcome to the Zero Lives Left Podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there's a particular career path you have wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hi. Thank you so much for clicking play. I am Wayne Denner and welcome to the Zero Lives Left podcast. This podcast is especially aimed at two types of listeners. Those who have always thought, as I once did, I would really love to start my own business. And those people who would like to get into a particular career path, whatever that may be. I am truly very excited about this podcast and the potential to where it can go. But what I'm even more excited about is the listeners that it can help inspire along the way. As this is our first episode, I'm going to take the opportunity to explain the idea behind the show. What's it going to be about and the types of content which you, the listener, can expect along the way. We're also going to take a look at my journey to date. So let's get right into it. Why are we all here today? Good question. Well, the idea of this podcast really came about as a result of the speaking which I had been doing in schools and colleges throughout the UK and Ireland. Within my talks, I would always have students, graduates or attendees come up to me at the end and ask me questions around the career path which they wanted to get into, as well as some who had an idea for a business, but were not really sure about where to go next or who to talk to. I started to think, Wouldn't it be cool if I could create a regular show which helped answer some of these questions which people had in relation to getting started in business or getting into a particular career path? But instead of me just going away, researching it and regurgitating it, why not have a guest spot from those people who have actually done it, how they did it and get them to provide some advice and guidance on how you can make it happen? So that's the idea behind the show how it came about, and hopefully we will have an episode which will answer some of the burning questions which you might have. Don't forget if you've got a question which you would like us to cover on the show, please do drop me a tweet to at Wayne Denner or send me an email to podcast at com. So, introductions, formalities, niceties all out of the way. How did I get started on my entrepreneurial or business journey? Well, for me, it started very, very early. In my family, there was really nobody in the close family that was really entrepreneurial in the sense. Um, when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of money about So you kind of had to figure out how it was you were going to make some money if you wanted to do stuff. Now, my early memories of being entrepreneurial was about when I was about 12 or 13. And what I'd done around that time was I was going around and I was washing people's cars and windows and mowing their lawns, really doing any odd jobs that people needed me to do around the house. And in return for my services, they would pay me a pound or 50p or in very lucky cases, I would have got a five pound note. So that's kind of my early memories of my journey as an entrepreneur and kind of how it started. There wasn't a lot of money about, so you really had to figure out a way in which you could make your own money. But around 15 years of age, um, I I, I developed a friendship with another like-minded individual and we, we were interested in music and, and sort of DJing and, and, and that sort of stuff. 
And I remember it very clearly. We decided that we would set up a mobile disco roadshow. And what we did was um, we got in touch with my friend's parents and we said, look, we have this cool idea and we want to be DJs. And what we want to do is we want to start DJing at people's birthday parties. So 15th, 16 year olds, 18 year old birthday parties. But we don't have any money. And uh, unfortunately, my car washing days, uh, it would take would have taken a very long time to gather up uh, one pounds, so to speak, in order to have enough money to buy the equipment or the system that you would need in order to do uh, birthday parties. So we persuaded my friend's parents, my friend's dad, actually, to lend us some money so that we could uh, buy the kit uh, on the understanding that we would pay him back once we had a couple of uh, events under our belt. He gladly, um, uh, or kindly, should I say, agreed to lend us the money. And uh, we went to uh, to Belfast and we purchased our first sound system. Um, and as memory, if memory serves me correctly, it wasn't actually a sound system that you would see in any, or any band using or professional DJ using. We actually purchased a glorified hi-fi system from Richer Sounds in Belfast. And it was literally two big speakers and an amplifier that we hooked up to our CD system. And we went out and we started to do uh, birthday parties and, you know, sort of engagement parties and this sort of stuff. And it worked really well. Uh, people started to hire us and uh, we started to get a... a a sort of a reputation going for mobile DJs and we were only about 15, uh, 14 or 15 or thereabouts at the time. So that was kind of my second sort of introduction to running your own business and sort of getting your own customers and getting your own equipment. And I learned a lot on that process. Um, I learned how to, you know, charge or how not to charge being the case, how to overcome problems when they came up, which they regularly did when hi-fi system broke down or when parent was not available to taxi us to the venue and we had to try and figure out an alternative way. So it was very exciting. It was very interesting. And it was kind of my early exposure to running a business outside of my car washing, mowing lawns or cleaning windows days. So that kind of got me interested in it. That kind of got me the bug. But back then I was about 15 or 16, as I was said. Um, I was in high school and um, really, really struggled in high school, really to apply myself, struggled with maths and English and, and, and those core subjects that you really needed to be very good at. And as a result of that, my GCSEs rolled around very, very quickly. And I didn't do particularly well in the GCSEs. In fact, I done horrible. And um, I remember coming out of school with approximately one to two GCSEs at 16 years of age going, what am I going to do now? Uh, most of my friends had all decided what it was they wanted to do. Uh, most of my friends at that time went on to do uh, trades and they became bricklayers, plasterers, electricians, all this sort of stuff. I was never really interested in the whole tradesman sort of uh, career path. Um, it wasn't really for me, um, didn't really fancy manual labour, um, couldn't imagine myself getting up that early or cutting wood, woodwork or technology in school was never really my strong point, really, really struggled with that sort of stuff. Always though in school was interested in technology, computers were only starting to come in and thought, mm, that's kind of interesting. I like, you know, what they can do. You know, I like making things, you know, using the computer. Um, that's interesting, but never really thought that it would eventually develop into a career path. So I, I really didn't know what it was I wanted to do. I really struggled. Um, 
you know, you, you had to make a decision, you know, what, what, what were you going to do next? Um, a lot of people went on to the local training center, the local further educational college. Um, I decided to follow the path which other people were following. Um, and unfortunately for me, I um, applied to become a mechanic and um, lasted all of six months, realized pretty quickly that I knew absolutely nothing about cars couldn't figure out how to, you know, how it all worked. Um, wasn't listening, wasn't applying myself, and I uh, didn't really want to lie under cars getting stinking rotten dirty. Um, so flunked out of that, dropped out of that program, and then joined another program, strangely enough, to become a painter and decorator. Yes, I know, strange. Lasted all of uh, three to four months in there, realised pretty quickly that it wasn't for me. Didn't fancy getting up at 6am in the morning and getting into a van and driving for 40, 50 mile to a, a cold uh, housing estate in order to do painting paint fences. Wasn't for me and dropped out of that. Um, so really, you know, had very, very little qualifications, had very little experience um, and really, really struggled to find what it is I wanted to do. So I seen a course actually which came up uh, and I was about 17 in my local further educational college and uh, it was a BTEC National Diploma in Media Studies. And I thought, reading the course profile, I thought, this sounds very interesting. You know, this sounds right up my street. You know, there's a bit of technology involved. You know, you're going to be making cool things. You're going to be using video cameras. You're going to be using sound equipment. Yeah, all that sounded really, really interesting to me. But unfortunately, you needed to have five GCSEs to get onto the program. I didn't have five GCSEs. I didn't have three GCSEs. And I thought, okay, what am I going to do? I'm stuck. Maybe I should have applied myself a little bit more at school. So I decided to throw my name into the hat and I decided to fill in the application form and see what happens. What's the worst can happen? I'll get a letter out and it'll say, sorry, you don't have the correct qualifications. Uh, goodbye and uh, thank you, but no thanks. But I got a letter back and they invited me along for an interview, which I was really shocked about, actually. And uh, the course leader at the time um, highlighted that I didn't have the qualifications, unfortunately, to get into the program. And uh, But that didn't put him off. He's seen potential. And I was very, very grateful, actually. And what he did say to me was, he says, look, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you a chance to be accepted onto the program, but you need to repeat those GCSEs. I gladly accepted. I was on a program which I really wanted to do. And suddenly I started on a journey, actually being interested in something for once, as opposed to not really being sure what it was I wanted to do or, you know, where my life was going. So I accepted, I got onto the program and I spent two years on this wonderful program in my local college and I actually got the chance to go back and repeat those GCSEs. At about that time, I was about 18 and I come out the other end and I was like, you know, that, that was a really, that was a really worthwhile time spent. That was two years spent doing something that I really enjoyed. What next? So a lot of people went on to university. I also applied to university and I got accepted at a, at a, at a course in university to study a degree in um, film studies um, and English, actually, strangely enough. Um, but I lasted all of, of eight months it didn't work out it wasn't the course for me I really struggled and here I was back again really unsure about what I wanted to do and um, where is my life going next many people have these questions when they're just starting out or maybe they're at a point in their life now where they're asking themselves this question I've spent you know 10 years in a job and I've really realized that this job isn't for me what's next there is always a what's next so I bounced around for a while and I've done a number of different jobs I've done a number of different parts 
part-time jobs, full-time jobs. I worked over in the Isle of Man for a while as a night porter in a hotel for a summer when the TT was going on. That was a real strange experience. Lots of motorbike people running around the place. And yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. But it was all character building. That's the big thing for me, focusing on developing and building your character. So I came back again and I decided that I would have another go at applying for third level education again. And I did. I applied back at my local uh, college. And this time I I, I went down the route of studying um, a foundation degree, as it's now called, but a HND in travel and tourism management. And this was in and around, you know, 1999, 2000 or thereabouts. So, you know, very, very sort of early um, internet starting to evolve and all this sort of stuff starting to happen. And I remember when I was in college, I was very, very interested in the internet. The internet was only evolving. Um, Yahoo was the search engine of choice. Whenever you were going online, you used to have to use that horrible dial-up sound, which some of the listeners might remember it was really really graining on your nerve and you were only allowed on the computer in the library for 15 minutes and I remember it quite well the librarian would come around and by the time you dialed on and you loaded up Yahoo search engine she would kick you off because your 15 minutes would have elapsed and you had to sort of wait and let somebody else on and then you could go back on again if there was nobody on the internet but I was really interested about technology really interested in the internet and the things that you could do I mean early email you know sending and receiving emails all that sort of stuff you know it was really interesting to me building basic websites so I developed a relationship with another like-minded individual And we kind of came up with this idea while I was studying at college. You know, we had a digital camera and we thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if on nights out that you could capture pictures of what people were doing? So people were out enjoying themselves, having a good time. Basically like your local newspaper, what's on, you know, sort of pictures from nights out and this sort of stuff. And wouldn't it be awesome if we could post this stuff up online and people could come online and really you know, have a look at the pictures and, you know, relive memories and and all this sort of stuff. And that's kind of what we did. Now, remember back then, I'm talking 1999, early 2000s. No Bebo. Bebo. Does anybody remember Bebo? No Facebook. No Twitter. No MySpace. None of these platforms now that we all use on a daily basis to share information. So what we did was we effectively took pictures of our nights out and we posted them online. Not only that, but we started to get pictures of other people out enjoying themselves and we posted them online. Within a couple of months, we started to see a bit of traction where people were coming onto the website and they were viewing the website. So we were getting a lot of traffic to the website. So we thought, hey, we must be on to something here. You know, people are coming on and they're actually looking at this content that we're uploading. Why not develop this idea further? So this eventually evolved into probably one of the early social networking websites of its kind if not in Ireland but at least you know in the UK and it was called outlastnight.com and effectively what we did was we went around bars and nightclubs and concerts and any sort of an event and we took pictures of people out enjoying themselves anybody who got a picture taken got handed a business card And on the reverse of the business card, it told them where they could find their picture. Now, remember, there was no Bebo, there was no MySpace, there was no Twitter. There was none of these social networking websites that we all know and love. There was just outlastnight.com. 
And I was about 20, 21 at the time. And we had developed this technology startup, effectively, which had grown to such a big audience. We had a number of people coming on on a regular basis. We implemented a user registration system. So we could clearly see after a couple of months the number of users that we had accessing the website on a daily or weekly basis. Suddenly, we started to get requests from advertisers wishing to place banner advertisements on the website and advertise their products and services to our audience and we used to send out a monthly newsletter at one point we had over 40,000 registered users on this website it just kept growing and growing all the time and this was very early doors social networking we had locations throughout northern ireland and we even had a location across the water in liverpool which catered for the student market so it was a phenomenal website it had a massive user base And businesses were starting to pay money to advertise their products and services on our website. So early banner advertisements, early display advertisements, we had it all on this website, outlastnight.com. But alas, all good things must come to an end. And we really, really struggled at that time because Bebo had come on the scene and everybody gravitated towards setting up their own social networking profile and having their own account and uploading their own images. But what I should add is that we did actually win two business awards for that business. We won Entrepreneur of the Year and we also won Best Business Website, beating off some pretty stiff competition from some well-established businesses in the area. So again, it was really exciting. It was an opportunity. I learned an awful lot in that two to three years that we were running outlastnight.com about how to run a business, how to manage your business relationships. So while running this business for the three years, two of those years of which I was juggling that HND qualification in travel and tourism management, I learned some really valuable business sense you know, some really valuable lessons. You know, I learned how to manage different business relationships, how to manage even complex personal business relationships and how to manage clients. So it was a really, really good learning experience for me. Um, But sadly, you know, Bebo came on the scene. Everybody gravitated towards setting up their own social networking profile in 2003 and everybody could then take control of uploading their own content, their own pictures. So, you know, back then nobody was investing in technology startups to the extent that they are now. And not to get off tangent um, for a moment, but, um, you know, I'm a firm believer that, in you know, in 2015, there is no reason for anybody doing something in business or in their professional life, whether it's a career that they absolutely hate. You know, if you're in a job right now and you're not happy, then quit that job. There is no reason for you to be in a job that you don't like. And I would say if you're getting up in the morning and you're putting on an outfit, which you absolutely hate, you're driving 45 minutes to a job, which you detest, I would say quit that job. Do yourself a favor and quit that job and look at something that you really want to do. You know, I met a lot of people in 2014, an awful lot of people who were doing jobs that they absolutely hate. And I guarantee you right now that there's somebody listening to this podcast, you know, nodding their head going, yes, I agree. I'm in a job right now that I'm not happy with. So if you're in a job right now, promise yourself at the end of this podcast that you will make a decision to start looking to do stuff that you're really passionate about, stuff that you enjoy. So, you know, while I was doing that, you know, that whole experience of running that technology startup, you know, I had finished my my foundation degree in travel and tourism. I had went off to University of Northumbria to do the final year of the degree. Now, if we rewind really, really quickly back to 1995, when I left school, 
school with no qualifications. Not sure what it was I was going to do. Really not not knowing what was going to come next to where I am now in 2003. Just run a technology startup business. Just come out the other end and just completed that degree in travel and tourism management. So I'm a massive fan, guys that information changes situations. Always look for ways where you can get information because information will help take you to the next level. So when I got that degree, I got that qualification, you know, what was it I was gonna do next? You know, while I was doing that whole process of getting that qualification and running the technology startup, I was actually going out to America in the summer to work with children with learning disabilities. And in 2000, I applied to become a camp counselor through Camp America, and I went off to America in the summer of 2000 and I worked for seven consecutive summer summers as a camp counsellor, as a head counsellor, as a lifeguard, as a water ski instructor, as a water ski director, running all the water ski programs. And I worked with children with learning disabilities. One of the most, you know, probably memorable experiences of my whole life going out there and working with those children. I met some wonderful people along the way and friends that I have still to this day. So if you get an opportunity to go travel, whether it's a gap year or after university I would certainly encourage you to do that because it's a great way to build character and it's also a great way to gain more experience and remember you can learn so much at university but you can learn so much practical experience after university when you go off and you experience different cultures and you meet new people so I'm a big fan of travel and and all those sorts of things so if you get the opportunity absolutely look into that and explore that. So around 2008, I was flicking through the the Belfast Telegraph, I think it was, and I seen an opportunity to go back in again to third level education. Now remember, rewind somebody in 1995 who didn't have any qualifications, who was now in 2008 looking through the newspaper to apply to do a postgraduate qualification, a master's qualification in communications at Queen's University in Belfast. So I applied for the programme and I got accepted accepted on the program and I started this one year program to do a master's in communications specializing in training and development. But around that time, we had another real exciting thing happening. We were just about to have the arrival or the birth of our first son, Charlie. Now, I was very, very lucky. I had a a great partner, Elaine, and she was able to attend to Charlie and sort of keep him on track and and also help keep me on track while I was doing that qualification because it was a one-year postgraduate full-time qualification. So while I was doing that, in order to keep the wolf away from the door and to pay the bills, I had to take a part-time job. So I took a part time job in my local swimming pool as a lifeguard. So that was able to keep the lights on and uh, keep the bills paid and I also keep food on the table and I graduated in 2009 with that qualification with that master's in communications and then I decided then to go back out again. I worked for a couple of organizations and then I decided to go on my own journey again and start my own business. I started a digital marketing agency in 2009 which is running right to this very point. So that's been going all throughout the time. And I'm also now, over the past two to three years, I've been going out into schools and I've been talking to young people about their online reputation. What gives me the right to go in and talk to young people about their online reputation? Well, I've spent about 17 years in the digital communication industry. I know how people, businesses and organisations are using technology to communicate. 
I've worked on both sides of the fences. I've worked as an educator, but I've also worked as a practitioner. And I've seen this gap in the market where, you know, we're doing an awful lot of talking to young people about cyberbullying and cyber safety. And don't get me wrong, these things are really important. It's important that we educate our young people about being safe online. It's important that we talk to them about, you know, cyberbullying and some of the dangers that happen as a result of being cyberbullied. And I have seen lots of examples and I've been involved in lots of situations in schools and colleges where young people have been been cyberbullied. So it's a very, very it's a dangerous situation when when people are being cyberbullied. But my role now is to go out and empower and educate young people about their online reputation. Getting them to think about the things that they say and do online can not only impact their personal life, but also their business and their professional life. Once they leave school, once they go far beyond the school gates, what happens when they apply for that first job? Is their employer going to look that information up online? That 93% of recruiters admit to checking applicants out online. And you know what? Over 50% of those recruiters screen out based on information they've found online. So your online reputation is everything. I just published my first book called The Student's Guide to an Epic online reputation. And that's a book which is for young people and parents. It helps young people protect their online reputation. It gives them the skills, it shows them the techniques that they need to do in order to have a positive online reputation. In order to comply with the golden rule of generating positive content. Because by generating positive content, you can actually open up a whole host of opportunities where potential employers can find you, where recruiters can find you, by you creating positive content. So my book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, addresses that need. It talks to young people about their online reputation and why they should start thinking about the content that they're creating online. That everyone has a digital tattoo, everyone has a digital legacy, and we need to be thinking about ways to protect our online reputation. I am incredibly lucky, guys, in relation to what I get to do. You know, I've tried some very different jobs along the way, and I'm incredibly lucky now in that I get to go out and I get to talk in schools and I get to try and impact the lives of young people in getting them to think and change the way they're using social media. I also get the opportunity to work with businesses. So I'm kind of seeing it from both sides of the fence. And I've learned an awful lot along the way, but there's still an incredible amount of stuff I still have to learn. So my message to you is very, very simple. If you're currently at a point in your life that you're not happy, that you think there should be other things that you could be doing, that you want, want to make a difference in other people's lives, then I would encourage you to make that change. You know, life's all about making changes along the way. We only get one life, and that's the name of this podcast, Zero Lives Left. So it's all about you doing something that you're really passionate about. Something that makes you want to get up out of bed in the morning and go and make a difference. And it's all about trying something which is going to make you happy. There is something there which will make you happy. There's something which you can make a difference in. And hopefully over the next few episodes, you're going to hear from some people who have made that change in their lives. Some people who are doing something different which makes them very, very happy, which gives them the reason to get up in the morning and get dressed and get out there and make a difference. It's all about making an impact. So I hope you've enjoyed what I've had to say on this episode. If you do have any questions for me, please do drop me a tweet. I love to hear from people. Send me a tweet to at Wayne Denner or drop me an email 
to podcast at waynedenner.com. All right, that's my story. That's my journey. Um, Hopefully it's been interesting. I need you guys to do something for me. You've downloaded this podcast. You've clicked play. Could you please nip over to the iTunes store and leave me a review? You know, just tell me what you thought of the show. Tell me what you thought of this episode and please leave some feedback. When it comes to iTunes, feedback is really, really important. It's all to do with the rankings and the ratings and the more feedback that I get, the more visible this podcast is going to be. So if you can leave me a review and please leave a rating on on, on what you've thought of this episode and other episodes that we're going to be rolling out as well if you've listened to all three episodes that we've launched with. If you're listening to this podcast on Stitcher, then please do subscribe. Also make sure if you're listening on iTunes that you do subscribe to the podcast because that ensures whenever we update the next episode that you get it on whatever app you're listening to the podcast on. It's been wonderful having you listen today. I hope you find it inspiring. I hope I hope you find it motivating. And I hope you've realised from my story that really anything's possible. You know, from leaving school with little to no qualifications to always going back and challenging myself that when an opportunity comes up to learn that I've went back to school, that I've went back and I've listened and I've realised that information changes situations. Stick around, guys. We're going to have some more podcasts coming your way. It's been a pleasure to share my story. I really appreciate you listening in and you downloading this podcast and I will see you soon on Zero Lives Left. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, available from waynedenner.com and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.